Warning to all Joe faces, there are some eating noises in this opening. Couldn't edit it around them. Sorry. I was thinking about that at work today. Um, when it comes to these podcasts, I'm like Rob Schneider and the Water Boy. <laughs> or you got you and Joe are usually like, Yeah, I'm tired, I'm beat and then I'm like, Well wake your ass up. We got a podcast tonight. <laughs> this time i am actively late i'm getting later by the second so yeah um not a whole lot to talk about i probably why i'm late amongst other things i just finished gotham season two and a little while before that walking dead season two on netflix and yeah one was pretty good and a bit frustrating and the other was really polarizing I'll give you a few seconds to try and guess which one. So, Walking Dead was the uh, frustrating one, and uh, Gotham was the polarizing one. Gotham is like this weird amalgam of a lot of cool ideas and a lot of really bad ones, and just enough going on for me where the good ideas keep me in it in spite of like how bad some of the stuff I don't like is in there. And, uh, yeah, Walking Dead was pretty good. I think it's had, uh, season, was it, season six? Had one of my, uh, favorite episodes of The Walking Dead ever. And it was good. But, goddammit, that finale. Seriously, I know why people do it. But don't do it. Don't do that to me. I'm not even, like, waiting as long as people who watch it on TV waited, and I am still pissed. But, yeah. I guess that's enough of that. What we've got next is the last episode in the Futari Yamada month, and let's just pray I didn't screw that up, so, um... What the hell is it do I normally say? Oh, yeah. Please enjoy. of the Edo period, uh, something comes along and makes it interesting for the time that I was watching it, that being what we watched for this, the last, um, I don't know, episode in the month of Futaro Yamada, and this isn't an adaption of his works, but is maybe a culmination of all the good stuff that you find in his works. This is this is an original, but is heavily influenced by the works of this author to the degree that the Japanese title for this, this being Ninja Scroll, is uh, Jubei Ninpo Cho, which the Ninpo Cho series is the big series that uh, Yamada is most known for. But um, I guess let's begin at the beginning. Uh, Pangelina... In the face of being bombarded with all of this stuff, what did you think of Ninja Scroll? This is the best 
This is one of the probably best animes that we've watched on the show so far. Um, the narrative was cohesive and the action's fast-paced and pretty fun. Um, but mostly it's just like beautiful to watch. It's mm-hmm. really pretty. Like early on, there I started to notice after a bit, there was some like, you know, just... Uh, single picture scrolls and pans and stuff but not much there's very little filler in this a lot of it's like what sticks out to me is in the beginning when um i think uh there's a lot of people getting cut up and then you see their the bodies hit the floor song terrible early 2000s garbage <laughs> So bad. Did did you like the song they did for the Daredevil movie? Was it in there? I think it played in the credits. The song was called Man Without Fear. Uh, who was that? Same guys that did Look the Body Shit to Flow. Who was that? Drowning Pool. <laughs> Damn, see, I thought it was like Static X or like Disturbed or some shit, but they, one of them. Well, they're like Disturbed, but shittier. Yeah, all them white people bands blur together in my head from that era. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it was really cool when I was, like, 14 and they did it in the one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With Jet Li. But, uh, anyway, the bodies are hitting the floor. Mm-hmm. And then all the blood that was in the air, like, splatters on them and on the and the grass, and then there's the scene where they're like all these these they're being bombarded with like ninja stars. Yeah, movies. yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, damn, the Koga ninja don't fuck around. Yeah, <laughs> but you see like every face. single ninja star like being thrown, and mm. and the sound design's great too. You hear the thump of mm-hmm. them all hitting, and it's just little details like that really go a long way, and it. There is, I want to say, like, 85 to 90% of this film is, like, done to that high quality of standard of animation. Yeah. Well, there's a finger I can point to that, and it's a, sort of a name in the uh, industry of anime that is a favorite of mine. Like, some people, when you talk about big figures in anime, might think uh, Mamoru Oshii. He's responsible for Ghost in the Shell, things animated. Um Miyazaki. Miyazaki is another name you people might point at. Uh, Watanabe. Watanabe. Yeah, that's another one. And like the go-to, my go-to in regards to just like favorite or just one I like to throw in people's faces, especially when they're like sucking, sucking Miyazaki's sucking that long hard cock, getting that that. spirited jizz all over their faces. uh, Hit them in the face. With the yeah. balls of one Yoshiaki Kawajiri. Because uh, he not only directed and uh, wrote this anime, but I'm pretty sure he also had a hand in some of the animation. Uh, he kind of like cut his teeth and is still making his living on a key animation. Mm-hmm. Which I think means like the big like big scenes or big points in between. or And it shows in the works that he like directs, writes, and just is... The, the big boss on well it's all frame by hand done frame by frame mm-hmm. like this is what this show is all about like this is 
the spirit of like the old Taku. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like just, this, this anime is like you don't see shit like this anymore. But it used to be synonymous with anime. Yeah, like it was one of those things. You, it was just one of the go tos, especially in the uh, mid '90s, late '90s. I want to say it was like even like early 2000s. Ninja Scroll was still being mentioned as kind of like like the backbone of anime in America, or at least yeah. It's it's one of those things where when you get into anime, even if you don't see it, you just hear that name all the time. Yeah, like, like I did. Or Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Or, you, those are just things you hear. Yeah, and I actually, so I hadn't seen this movie, but I had seen the, I have the first DVD of the animated, of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have very vague memories of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, apparently the animated series was pretty underwhelming. I never got around to watching it, but I think I might, having just watched this for the second time. Mm. Well, the second time in a short period. I've seen this a number of times before. But um, long enough time in between that I've got like a different perspective of it now. So is this connected at all to the show? Um, I don't know. I want to say it is, though maybe a bit loosely. I was kind of skimming the Wikipedia article for the show, and I saw Kimon, which uh, the villains of this are the Eight Devils of Kimon, and I saw Kimon listed as like a region. So maybe we'll kind of get more depth into like where this like crazy band of mm. super ninjas came from, and yeah, maybe it's a prequel? more about the Shogun of the Dark. Uh, that's possible too, because mm. there was that... a lot. There's a lot implied in regards to Jubei's connection to these guys and their goal. Well, yeah, the whole when I kind of uh, it it didn't bother me the way they did it. It was a cool flashback sequence to. Because you get the feeling it's, it's, it's one of those samurai stories where it's, yeah, you know, I use all the word about di- that intrigue and. Well, I use the word diegetic shit. a lot, where it's you know a character just wandering from place to place. We've talked mm-hmm. about that a lot. Yeah. And so I was kind of fine with them saying, "Oh, you crossed paths with him before," and then they show it in a flashback. Mm-hmm. But uh, I totally bought that, and I thought the scene was well done yeah uh i think something that helps it is like the combination of brevity and how much gets across Mm -hmm. in that scene that you think that you see that this is something he thinks he's put behind him Mm -hmm. like like, up until this point it was just a bad memory for him like he thought the story was over yeah so well it seemed like I feel like the show has to be a prequel because it seems like he's going to die at the end of this. Uh, not as far as I know. Uh, they don't say it outright, but uh, I think the implication is that when he uh, kissed What's-Her-Face, that took care of the poison. Yeah, see, that's what I thought, She too. She kept saying that, like, my lips alone, but, like... But he was, oh. like, coughing and shit at the end still, right? Well, yeah, that's because he was getting the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. Yeah, there's normally uh they they normally go to some degree to indicate when he's reacting to the poison. He'll usually like stop and just start coughing clear out of nowhere. Like there's rarely any it never happens to him like 
while he's fighting or if it is while he I think the one time it happens while he's fighting is when the shadow dude is controlling his girl and there's still like this point to kind of pause and let you know okay this is the poison this isn't him getting fucked up yeah but I feel like he coughs like right before the end oh right when he's talking to the old man I don't remember, because the old guy says you probably won't make it, but I think he says in both the sub and the dub, implies that it's due to injuries occurred over the course of this versus the poison still in you. Hmm. But he didn't boner. He didn't, which um, I'm sure there's some like reason for this that makes sense. Maybe he felt like he'd be taking advantage of her, but like, it's the one thing I was thinking I was watching, like, Juve, you should have done it. You should have. You should have got it on with her. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I thought he, if I was in the same situation, I probably wouldn't have. It's because it was confusing and kind of. Weird. I see why it he is did, confusing didn't. and complicated. Yeah, I see why he didn't, because it didn't. She wasn't very clear that she actually wanted to do it, and then later on, she's like, "Yeah, I, I wanted it." Did. It it felt like everything was there for that for them to do it and it to be like a genuine display of emotion on both of their parts. Like, yeah, they could have. Like, if they did I'm do kinda, it, they feel dirty. Is what yeah, I, f- I feel like it... I'm glad they didn't. Mm. It feels more unique this way. Yeah, I'll give you that. Like, I'm, I'm it'd be kind of cliche that. if they That's, did. I feel like they should have. It should have been... I don't care about cliche. That just should have had the most triumphant fucking ever. <laughs> Yeah, after Give the dirty because, fucking good. it from the uh, beginning. Yeah, like, it, it, uh, uh, this, this, this anime puts them through some shit. Yeah, the rock monster. And and Kawajiri seems to be really big on this, because there's another anime where he has people similarly bonding over, like, mutual trauma. <laughs> so, I feel like we talked about the rock monster man. Like yeah, the... this isn't that guy exactly, but he's clearly based on that guy. A lot of characters in this are based on characters from different uh, works of Futaro Yamada. Like, this isn't directly Makai Tensho. It's got characters that are based on people from uh, Basilisk and probably stuff I don't even know about. But I, I don't know. I didn't even. Was there another rock monster before? Uh, yeah. Um, the priest guy from uh, Makai Tensho is depicted as like kind of like a rock giant in the manga and Ninja Resurrection. Oh, the guy that doesn't fuck. Yeah, and then like okay. fucks people to death. Back <laughs> to life. No, but I thought yeah, like, I remember this guy is basically you telling me that there was a guy that there was like a really gruesome rape scene in some in in Ninja Resurrection, which is oh, a okay. or which is an anime that is a direct adaption of Makai Tensho, which I avoided for this month because okay. I hate but that. Anime. There's no rock. Wait, is it the rock monster guy? It's. It, it it is the rock monster guy in that it's um okay. this guy is a much like how the Jubei in this anime is more a tribute to Jubei Yagyu. This guy is kind of like a send up to the mm. rock guy in Makai Tensho. To see where I don't know where I'm pulling this information from, but I swear there was something about 
the rock monster getting her pregnant or something. Uh, no, you were thinking about when I was describing what Makai Tensho in the novel is. In the yeah. last episode, we okay. got into a conversation about it, and I was talking about how, uh, yeah, it's explained in detail in the novel and the like manga adaption, and yeah, pregnancy, mm. a sort of pregnancy is involved. Does it explicitly say in the novel that he is a rock monster with a rock cock? Um, I don't know for certain, like, but I'm pretty sure, yeah. Japan's weird, man. Japan's a weird place. <laughs> uh, I feel kind of like we get most of the good with less of the bad, albeit some of the bad still comes in, but that is an unfortunate uh, aspect of Kawajiri's works, which I might dabble in in this episode, but Kawajiri's going to get his own month, so I don't want to dive in too deep. I feel like this is also the most cohesive narrative out of everything. We, apart from yeah. the, the, the manga that we were reading last mm-hmm. uh, last week, yeah. this feels like a solid story. Mm-hmm. It still feels very similar to the other ones, like, oh, there's all these crazy ninjas, and you gotta kill them all. Yep. But, uh, this, um... I enjoyed it. I feel like nobody overstayed their welcome that I didn't want them to. Mm-hmm. Maybe weird guy that wanted to bone Snake Lady. Uh, weird guy that wanted to bone Snake Lady. The String Master. He didn't want to bone Snake Lady. He wanted to bone Gemma. He was gay. Okay. That's he, what I th- thought. And he was she jealous went... of Snake Lady because she was boning Gemma. And then she was like, oh, okay. And she was like, oh, yeah, he fucks dudes, too, right? Or no, he fucks women. Oh, yeah, you're thinking of Explosive Chick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was tormenting him because, like, he's like, no, I don't want to fuck you. I'm super gay. Yeah. <laughs> and Wait, was, so... was kind of a dick about it. So everything felt in place in this, except for, what's her name? Chimera? Oh, the poison lady? Uh, uh, yes. Kaguro. Kaguro. Oh, Kaguro. Uh, when she goes back to like talk to her master, mm-hmm. and he's just like boning. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I hate well, that guy so much. <laughs> Why? The only person I hated more than him was Gemma and Rockman. Why? Are you he is him? a piece of shit. Why? Well, I mean, like she goes and says, "Yeah, all of my uh, comrades were murdered." By some guy, and he's like, "Yeah, they they sucked anyway." <laughs> Fucking <laughs> shit! I was too busy paying attention to him just railing the shit out of the woman. Yeah. Ugh. God, what a piece of shit. <laughs> I just felt like that it was for someone who is really only in one scene. It's an interesting character trait to give him. Well, uh, there was a scene right before where there's a there's a handful of scenes where he's just kind of talking with people and espousing mm-hmm. things that advance the plot. Yeah. Uh, I kind of wish we could have saw Gemma kill him because seriously, fuck that guy. Why? <laughs> he's just a shitty ass user of people with no actual ability in his own right. He likes to fuck. Huh? I respect that. I I don't when that's like. <laughs> The only thing close to like a uh, uh, relatable character aspect, and like when you're shitty, otherwise that becomes a negative. 
Mm. At least for me, <laughs> I was raised Catholic. Uh, but yeah, I, that was a very strange scene for me. Uh, that occurs in other animes, and I don't know what like, <laughs> <laughs> the cultural ramifications of that. Maybe the Japanese just want to be like, want to fuck so much that they're nonplussed about it. Like, mm-hmm. like pound, pound, pound. Yeah, I'm going to go to the store and get this. Ninja, <laughs> go get me this. Pound. <laughs> Being a feudal lord must have been great. Ugh, I guess. <laughs> Fucking nasty ass motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, I guess they were really just warlords. That shit's kind of grimy to me. <laughs> it is. It's extremely grimy. But uh, I think you were talking about Kagero in relation to this. <laughs> like everything came together except. Oh well, that that was just like you know the whole story like it was cohesive and stuff. But I was just like, why is he fucking this? And then he's, like, not really important to the plot. Curious, because, um... Kawajiri's depiction of women is a bit conflicting for me. And he's got a problem in that he doesn't like to display women as having any real power without making them evil. Hmm. And when he tries to portray a, a sort of female protagonist as competent, it's like he's got a either damsel them or take power away from them to the degree that they're kind of like moified. It's my only beef with Kawajiri is just a creative. Um, I say all that to lead into the question of what did you think of Kagero as a character? Um, I liked her. I thought she was complicated. Mm. I appreciated that. Yeah. She had those two contradictions contradictions and in the end she kind of boils down to like oh like I loved you but I was afraid to say it that's very kind of I've seen that a lot yeah the Japanese are really big on that but one thing that was really subtle that I thought was uh, I really appreciated was after the whole like gruesome rock monster rape scene like she's very Tough about it. And uh, she puts on the strong front, and once she's certain, Jubei leaves. Yeah, she's hanging out with him, and she's a little tough, and she's like, get the fuck out of here. And then he walks away, and she kind of just like breaks down. It's like, fuck, kind that of, was awful. Yeah, I like that they acknowledge that. that it was just a bad time. Because too often it just becomes a plot device to move things forward, but they just gave us a little nod. Yeah. To how awful and damaging that can be. It's uh, weird how they, not really weird, I guess uh, something to think about and how they unveiled it because it's a ways in, even a little little bit little bit after Rock Monster is finally killed before you realize uh, Kagura's a poison lady. And obviously when all that bad stuff was going on, she had to know, okay, this is going to kill this guy eventually. But yeah. it doesn't make it. It doesn't make it okay. It does make me wonder. I guess just like what her thought process is when that's happening. Yeah, well, she clearly needed to stop because she did try to stab him when he yeah, was. Yeah, she goes for the knife. Yeah, but, uh, she's got that road problem. Yeah, just. <laughs> yeah. And I think she's based on a character we would have encountered in Basilisk later, who has a similar ability. And yeah, 
it it clearly makes her life difficult. <laughs> yeah. And then she dies. Yeah, I wasn't happy. Neither was Jubei. Uh, something about it. That's one thing that kind of reminded me of... I talk about The Dark Knight way too much. But it's a good movie. Yeah. That and, like, the way the final battle was set up. Mm-hmm. I think it was when he's... When, uh... What's his name? Gemma? Yeah. He's kind of sitting there at the alone and there's this really cool shot of him just like standing there while mm-hmm. everything's exploding and you just see the light hitting him yeah and then he's just like waiting and then Jubei eventually shows up just reminded me of the dark Knight a little bit mm-hmm. but also that last fight scene first of all it was great but I also it reminded me of the bebop movie Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think especially on Jubei's end of that fight where it's like equal parts wrath and survival. Yeah. You're you're dealing with an opponent you can't outmatch, but you're just determined. Well, it feels like they're paying. They probably looked at that as like a mood board, but Mm -hmm. and it's like a tribute. But also there's a shot of Jubei where he. He gets hit in like the stomach, and he just like kind of coughs up blood. Oh, like when and, a spike and, catches that palm strike to the gut, just all that spit flies out. <laughs> yeah, it's like almost the same shot. So yeah. I feel like there's probably a reference for them, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Yeah, it's it's rough. It's not like a. It's a bit different in regards to like final battles, even on Kawajiri's end, because. Yeah, Jubei is clearly outmatched here, but he is just, <laughs> mm-hmm. just pissed, for a lack of a better word. And they do the Terminator 2 ending. Oh, the yeah. Terminator ending. It's uh, one of those points where I prefer the dub, because I think on the sub he says something like, uh, Jinma, this is your end, or this is the end. Whereas uh, <laughs> in the dub, they like, bust out all the cheese and he says give him a burn in your golden hell <laughs> it's tight it's funny <laughs> but uh yeah I thought that was interesting um that speaking of all that gold that was kind of one thing that I was they kind of speed over it real fast when mm-hmm. he meets the old man and he's talking about, oh yeah, you did this and this and he wanted the gold and he didn't get the gold or some shit. Yeah. And that's kind of all I took away from that was he wanted the gold and didn't get the gold and then mm-hmm. the gold. Yeah, it's gold. it's it's that uh thing they like to depict when they do uh, stuff in this time period, all that political intrigue, and they do it around the idea that this uh, well was housing a deposit of gold in this uh, small town, and a whole, you know, and various forces are like kind of matching wits in order to get at it and use it. The big thing about it being gold in particular is that, like, the highest form of currency out there is called the uh, Rio. Mm hmm. And it's it's these big uh, golden pieces, literally made of gold. Yeah. So if they got a hold of this stuff, whoever used it could use it to literally print money. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um. So that was that was one of the things that I was like, I feel like if I were paying attention more, I would have thought. Yeah, it's good that it's done in such a way that you don't have to like investigate it to really like. 
makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it's like it, they want gold. Yeah. <laughs> to finance their own little armies. Mm-hmm. Um, what was up with the fucking, the, like, weird fake, fake-out plague? Uh, I think that was used in the town where the gold was to keep people mm. away from it. Oh, I see. It's the Scooby-Doo plot. I had to scare everyone away so I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the old man ninja. Oh, yeah. The, uh, he's Fucking either the Shogun of the Dark or a representative. Dan McNinja over there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the idea, there's some historical elements to this. I think I mentioned in previous episodes that there's a point between Op- uh, Nobunaga and Tokugawa. And it's a guy named um, Hideyoshi Toyotomi. Mm-hmm. He was like a lieutenant of Nobunaga and I think wasn't of noble birth and he was kind of the I can't remember if he was ultimately appointed the successor to Nobunaga but he was acknowledged as him and he's the one credited with completely uniting Japan Nobunaga set it in motion but was assassinated before he could really complete it so what the Shogun of the Dark is, is he's supposed to basically be either a representative of the Toyotomi clan or maybe like a last ancestor or someone with blood ties to it. And they're about reestablishing that domain to the degree that they're like made up of uh, retainers who serve Toyotomi but probably got ousted when Tokugawa took uh, power. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, there's even that element of a uh, historic, like historical aspects in there for you if you're really in on the uh, Futaro Yamada Nimpo Cho aspect. But again, you don't necessarily need to know about it to really get into it to the degree that, and I'm not sure of certain particulars, but it's said that Ninja Scroll was more popular in the states than it was in Japan. I think that might be somewhat relative, like. Considering the amount of effort on each side's Ninja Scroll had a bigger payoff. Because I'm pretty sure this has got to be big in Japan due to the fact that they've got a lot more context for this. And this got a theatrical release out there. I don't think it was a flop out there by any means. Yeah, I was thinking about that. It definitely felt like a movie-ass movie. Like, Because mm-hmm. I guess we watched a lot of OVAs. Yeah, but this, this was the movie. Felt like a full-fledged, like, beginning, middle, end, like, mm-hmm. long, structured, like, like there was there was money behind this, mm-hmm. for sure, with that quality of animation there had to be. Yep. Would have loved to have seen this on a big screen. Oh, yeah, that'd be tight. I like the old man. Yeah, he looks very similar to a character in Samurai Showdown. I think he this guy is the basis for him. And <laughs> even he's a badass ninja in this, like everyone in this story. Yeah, they wait till like... Is super cool ninja guy <laughs> or girl. They wait till like 20 minutes before the end of the movie to show you, oh yeah, he can like stretch his arms. I think it's a staff that's stretching. Well, no, he does when he turns into, like, the tree guy. <laughs> he turns into a tree guy? Yeah. Um. What is it? The shadow guy's trying to get him. He thinks he gets him, but he just hits his clothes. <laughs> oh, yeah, like Obi-Wan. And then he's like, uh, huh, you've got an interesting technique. And he disappears, and you find out the old guy's camouflaging as a tree. That's right. 
But there was he was hanging onto the boat with like a real stretchy hand at one point, wasn't I'm he? I'm pretty sure that was his staff because his I staff see. could stretch. But there was a hand. Maybe he can, and I didn't see it. <laughs> I don't know because his like limbs were stretched out pretty far in tree mode. So maybe there, that was that was like he was using tree mode on his arms yeah, or something. There's definitely a hand. But I like he had see, this is George Lucas should have taken note of this. Mm-hmm. This is how you add comic relief without throwing Jar Jar in. Yeah. Well the thing is is he's comic relief without like being comical. Yeah. You're just kind of like laughing at him in spite of his attempts to be all serious business. I'm a government agent. <laughs> or a weird old man. He has, he has, oh yeah, when they first pick Kagero up, he says something about like, oh yeah, she's real hot and sexy and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what does he say in the dub? Uh, I don't remember exactly. He just remarks on her being very beautiful. Oh, that's funny. In the sub, it said something like, oh yeah, she's really sexy. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a it's a little lascivious. <laughs> it's like shut the fuck up, you dirty old man. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know. I just like all the noises he made when he got when he fell down the hill. Uh-huh. It was really funny. <laughs> and when uh, like when Jubei, like he's giving a speech and Jubei just runs over there and stabs him with his own ninja star. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like that. Really it's like, it's like, yeah, now you got the poison. What? <laughs> that was a good idea. I didn't even think of that. But, <laughs> but uh, I know he's funny. He's kind of like Yoda, except dirtier. Yeah, he's like gr- yeah, grimy-ass Yoda. <laughs> Black Ops Yoda. <laughs> For the government. Yep. Trying to take a little bit of gold on the side. For yeah, himself. trying to score a little bit for himself. <laughs> Grimy ass old fucker. Um, well, since we're going through characters, what'd you think of Jubei? I like Jubei. This is not Jubei Agu, but he's clearly yeah. like a send up to him. Yeah. Um, I thought it was cool because I, I have the. Uh... Like I said, I have the the DV of the series, the first one, and this <laughs> drawing, and I've seen drawings of him all the time from this, where he has the little crack in his uh, hat. Oh yeah, the one where he like he grabs the sword right before he's gonna fight Rock Man. He's got like the gritted teeth. Yeah, it was funny to see like the origins of that crack. Yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> That's something I appreciated too. But when he takes the headband from what's her face, and then he ties around his sword I mm-hmm. it's really cool yeah I, I like that he uses it, it he specifically uses it in the fight with gamma too mm-hmm. but i like that that's the last shot yeah is seeing that on the sword yeah it's really that's something where again i always talk about because they're all related the, the similar types of stories you know the cowboys and then mad max kind of does a similar thing like the newest mm-hmm. one in the original trilogy, you see certain things will happen to Max, mm-hmm. and like there's like in Fury Road, like they never talk about that stuff, but you can see like oh he's got the the, the brace on his leg from when he got shot in this movie, or his his uh, sleeve is torn off from what happened in this movie so it's yeah it's cool to see like you have the visual reminders yeah like like 
it's just there for you to know that I don't know. It's just for the fans, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, like, like, well, I don't well, know. they're they're basically continuity. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just life. This is life on him, yeah, on your character. Yeah, yeah it's cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I like him. I started watching the dub at first, and he was real smarmy, which I did didn't bother me. But I was like, eh, I felt like it would be better to watch it in Japanese because mm-hmm. I typically like to watch things that are set in Japan in Japanese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Though I'd always seen this dubbed up until my first viewing of it for this episode. And yeah, I think, uh, you know, whatever you prefer works here. Yeah, I did kind of like, like, that just felt right to watch it that way, but I did, mm-hmm. I do want to see the dub at some point just because it seems so over the top. Mm-hmm. And right. I love those early 90s over-the-top dubs. They're fun. Yeah. But one of the things when I first noticed the quality of it, I was just like, am I watching the right one? Because it looks so... It looks like it was done today. It looks so crisp. But then I heard like Jubei's voice, and I was like... This okay, is an yeah. old-ass... Yeah, <laughs> this is an old-ass dub. <laughs> I know. I heard that guy in every single anime like before 95. Yeah. Yeah, I think this was released in '95. Uh, well, it was a cre- It was released in Japan in '93. It would take uh, two years for it to reach the states. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like Jubei. Mm-hmm. Uh, he seems. Like I, a, I like that he's he's guy. a he's a good guy, and I like the fact that he's a wise ass in this. <laughs> he is. He's kind of a scoundrel. He kind of reminds me of Han Solo a little bit. You know, he's he's like that. He's a bit nicer. Though, like, usually the only people he's like pushing the shit in on are like bad people. Mm-hmm. Like, he's very uh, direct with uh, Kagero, but anytime he's like dealing with one of the guys from Kimon, he's like cracking wise on him and making jokes and being like, okay, stop hitting me. Fuck you. <laughs> you suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. And like you said, I think. It's cool that it is like it feels like one of those diegetic stories, but it's also like you see a real character growth here, and like mm-hmm. uh, you see his buttons pushed. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, there's a small thing. I'm not sure if you noticed it. Uh, that bit where he goes to try to suck the poison out of Kagero's leg, mm-hmm. and when she he tells him, "No, you don't have to do shit. I'm immune to all poisons." It's like kind of a blink if you miss it moment, but he makes this weird face, and it's like he's either really depressed, like he's like really embarrassed, or he's got legit hurt feelings. <laughs> and I'm not a hundred percent sure what's supposed to be like imparted there, but I sort of think he's like, it's that. But I was trying to help. <laughs> yeah, uh, I might have missed it. I'm not sure I remember, but. It's a it's a very very small thing. Yeah. Like if you're not paying, if you're not really looking at that scene, you'll you'll miss it. Yeah, that's what's great about this. It's all the small things in this. Yeah, anime. there's a, another one right after they fight the Zatoichi guy, or like right after um, <laughs> Jubei survives. Uh, Kagero looks at him and kind of gives him a "you ain't shit" look. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh. Wait, so the blind swordsman, mm-hmm. was he part of those demon guys, or was he just yeah. a random ass? Okay. Yeah, he's a bit 
weird in that he doesn't really have a superpower. He's just Zatoichi. Yeah, well, he didn't also show up and like announce what he was all about. He was just like, I'm here to challenge you. Yeah. Which I, think... I wonder how much, how often that actually happened in Fuel Japan. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I know about you. I'm here to challenge you to a sword fight. And it's like, motherfucker, I'm just trying to eat lunch. It's like... <laughs> Bitch, I was about to take my woman into the bedroom. <laughs> it's like, I'm just walking with my kid. Come on, man. This is kind of funny to think about. Uh, I kind of feel like he's supposed to uh, kind of be a number of characters. One of those being uh, Musashi. Um, another is, is he his design feels very similar to the uh, main character from um, 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 uh, uh, Sword for Truth. That, uh guy with the purple gi and the sickles on his back oh yeah that guy and you know this this predates that so i wonder if it had some influence on it Hmm. i mean one of the big complaints people had about sword for truth when it came out in the states was that it just like they felt they were saying it felt like a crappier ninja scroll and uh yeah It kind of is, but it's not a fair comparison. Ninja Scroll came out after. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. This is uh, this is one of those times I feel like it's got like all the TNA and gore of something mm. from that period. Mm. But I feel like if I were to have seen this as a kid and then gone back to it, like I'm going, like I'm watching it now, but. I guess what I'm trying to say is there are other things that I feel like if I watched as a kid, I would have liked that I didn't respond to Mm -hmm. as well. Now Mm -hmm. I feel like this is probably a rare one where it's from that time that just holds up really well. I actually coming back to it, like it more than I did before, just because there's a more for real for more for me to pick up on Mm -hmm. before. It was just kind of like, Oh yeah, the action and occasionally some funny shit happens, but like, Able to pick up on the intrigue. I actually really liked uh, Jubei and Kagura's relationship. Uh, <laughs> I picked up on how like skeezy the setting is, and just like, yeah, it really is just sort of the the best parts of all the stuff we've uh, looked into in this month, mm-hmm. congealed and made into a very tasty gumbo. <laughs> yeah, gumbo. <laughs> yeah, I think uh. Initially, when the uh, Ninja Scroll series came out, everyone was pumped because it felt like that was kind of like one of those like ideal what if things kids would talk about, or just people who knew about Ninja Scroll would talk. It was like, "Ooh, are they going to do a sequel? Ooh, I want a sequel!" And yeah. I never really watched the series. Apparently, it was very underwhelming. Mm, that's too bad. I'm gonna check it out at some point in the near future. I'm curious. Yeah. I... From what I remember, it seemed, I don't know, I think I was just confused by it. Mm-hmm. I think I may have said this before, and maybe uh, maybe not, but I feel like when I watched it, maybe not, but I, I feel like I at the time I was like, oh, this feels like something where I needed to have watched something else. Wow, oh, okay. This. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it was that much the case Mm -hmm. i think it was just kind of stranger i don't know it's been probably like over 10 years since last time i watched the that dvd that i have Mm -hmm. 
I see. Yeah. Apparently, there was an anime sequel in the works, but um, there's actually a trailer for it. You can see it on YouTube. But I don't know. I wasn't able to find a whole lot of information in regards to that. Like, I'd like to see it. But it never came out? Or it's not out yet. Huh. Interesting. It's funny. In uh, 2008, there was apparently talks to do a live-action remake. Hmm. And I think it was going to be like a Japanese-American cross-production. <laughs> Because they uh, got whoever wrote Adaption of Watchmen to write up a screenplay. And uh, DiCaprio was going to be a producer. Um, Co-writer, sorry. It lists a different guy. I'm looking at Wikipedia right now. Alex T-S-E. I don't know how you pronounce that. Hmm. I David Hader got sole writing credit on that. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. What's his name? Alex... T-S-E. That's how you spell his last name. I don't know how you pronounce that. Oh, Alec? Yeah. Uh, Alec or Alex? Alex. Alex C. The name sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, so him... It lists and... him as a co-writer of Watchmen, and apparently mm-hmm. DiCaprio was going to be a producer. Hmm. Wow, that's weird. Yeah. That's crazy, finding out, like, Keanu liked Bebop, and Leo liked Ninja Scroll, huh? Yeah, apparently. That's cool. He could have played the old man, <laughs> or he could play the old man now. Yeah. <laughs> I'd watch it. <laughs> that could have been tight. People would cry whitewashing. Yeah, um, it seemed like they were... Well, another thing mentioned here is that they were thinking about casting members from a Japanese boy band as some of the leads. <laughs> so apparently they were going to cast Japanese people, and if not Asians. Like, I don't know if it was going to be like that Great Wall movie coming out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what anyone says, I'm going to go see it in the theater. <laughs> At least it's fiction. <laughs> yeah. Like, is... I felt a bit better when I saw Monsters. <laughs> Yeah, but also I feel like, um, oh, what's the director's name? It's not Zhang Yimou, is it? It's, I don't know. Uh, it's one of them guys. It's like the guy that did Hero or some shit. It's like one of them super dramatic Chinese auteurs. Um, so, like, like with him around in the picture, I feel like, like he probably was like, yeah, there's going to be a white guy in this movie from the start. Like, I, I don't know. I I feel like he would not sign on to, like, a movie. Mm-hmm. And then have the studio would tell him, no, you need to cast this person. This white Let's thing. just make this guy white. <laughs> cast this white man to play your Chinese hero. Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like the plot will sort of revolve around him being a foreigner. A foreigner, yeah. Or, uh, or or something like I'm sure he has his reasons for that, even though it looks really, it looks bad. <laughs> it looks pretty bad. Um, but I, I, I'm giving that one a pass. <laughs> I'm gonna go see it. Uh, I, I probably won't go see it in theaters, <laughs> unless yeah. people say it's really good, or if people say it's really bad, because then I'll have to see it. I see. <laughs> That'll be interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I'll do something similar. I'll wait to see what, what people are saying after the fact, though. It we seems should, like something I'll probably just pirate. We should we should do an old taco episode on it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that is a distinct possibility. But, uh, yeah. Um, anything else you want to say about the anime before we get to recommendations and whatnot? Um, this was a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, except for the rapey bits. Yeah. It was good. I like the characters. It was a. It was cool. The mm-hmm. villain. The villain was a chin with a lesbian haircut. <laughs> yeah, he's a very much a Kawajiri villain. <laughs> Has a very punchable face. Yeah, you know, I feel like he's a. He's a pretty serviceable villain, but I feel like you really don't get much of him at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, he's kind of just like a something in the background, both in the background of the story and the background of uh, Jubei, till he uh, kills Kagero, mm-hmm. and then it's on. Yeah. <laughs> well, not even just the background of uh, Jubei, also his uh, henchman <laughs> sleeping with him, mm-hmm. and his presence is invoked by another one to torment another. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess we do hear a lot about him, which is kind of cool. I appreciated <laughs> the way he... I thought he was a cool villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, they um, purposefully uh, name his ability wrong to call back to Makai Tensho. They call his ability reincarnation, but it's really regeneration. <laughs> yeah, his head cut off. Yep. Let's put it back on. Got his arm cut off. Uh, Jupe killed his ass twice. <laughs> Yeah. When did Terminator 2 come out? <laughs> uh, 92. So it's before this. Even in Japan. Because I feel like that, now that I think about it, the Liquid Man was the same thing. Yeah. T-1000. Mm-hmm. You, you couldn't cut him. Yeah. And then you had a, how did they kill him? Yeah, they don't really kill Genma, but he's basically trapped in that gold. Yeah, because well, he's in, he's in the hot gold, but when you consider that it's going to end up in the water, it's going to solidify, and he's just going to be trapped in there forever. Yeah. Well, I mean the T one thousand. How do you um how do hot? Kill I think it's like uh, basically just like hot ass something. They're in some sort of like refinery. Yeah, it's like a big thing full of what amounts to lava. That's right, and then Arnold gives the thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that how they got Arnold in the first movie? No, he got smashed. Oh, yeah, he got smashed. That's right. Yeah, they kind of like salvaged the pieces to form Skynet. Yeah. Um, Skynet. Mm. But, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that also reminded me of the uh, Superman episode of... uh, Oh, Metallo. Yeah, Metallo. (laughs) He gets trapped in the liquid hot magma. Yeah. Yep, when all else fails. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I take care of my enemies. <laughs> drop them in hot lava. I drop them in the lava pit. Oh, you don't have a lava pit? You're clearly not a real supervillain. <laughs> Schmelting factory out back. Yep. I also Suck. make my weapons. Yeah, that'd be terrible to fall into one of those. Yeah, well, at least be... quick. 
It, no, well, it'd be slow. You'd be falling in. You'd be like, oh, fuck. Well, here's the thing. Uh, movies don't depict that right, because once you got within a certain distance of it, you just burst into flames. It's <laughs> like Anakin. Yeah, that's probably a closer depiction, because he didn't land on it. He landed near it, and he was just, <laughs> He got real crispy. Like, you got no idea how hot that shit is. Kentucky Fried White Boy. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say it's actually worse to just land near it. If you're gonna go in, go in. <laughs> yeah, all Obi Wan had to do was just give him a little kick. <laughs> yeah, he that solved was... a lot of the galaxy's problems. I mean, he didn't even need to kick. He's got the force. He could have force pushed him <laughs> in there. <laughs> yeah. Or you could have just threw the lightsaber at him and put him out of his misery, you sadistic bastard. Yeah, he did kind of just walk away. Like, yeah. why, did, why didn't he kill that, him? That's like, fucking cold. I mean, I guess he was like, they are my brother, I loved you. But, like, he's still pretty fucked up. It's like, you were the chosen one, you crispy motherfucker. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that was cold. It's probably why he let Vader kill him. <laughs> Strike me down and blah blah blah. I probably got this coming. Hey Luke, check this out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anything you want to recommend in regards to this? Let's see. Well, what was all the stuff I said? <laughs> well, Dark yeah. Knight. Uh, Cowboy Bebop the movie. Mm-hmm. If you like fight scenes. If you like that last fight, you like a fight with some balls yeah straight testicles Um, yeah the first person to like describe it that made that way to me was ed (laughs) he's like it was a ball yeah he's like i like that fight that fight had balls (laughs) which fight was he talking about the last fight in bebop (laughs) i was like like thinking about it it's like shit that fucking did have balls (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a great fucking fight Dude, the one on the train is great too. Yeah, it's brutal. It's, it's yeah, brutal. That that train is like, like Spike just wails on his ass, and then it's like, ow. Yeah, and throws him out of the train. But yeah, if that had balls, then this movie's fight had cojones. Yeah, uh, serious cojones. Uh, Intama. <laughs> I think that's Japanese for balls. Specific testicles. Kintama. Mm, testicles. <laughs> that sounds too dainty. Balls. Balls. Yeah, I sometimes sometimes I really enjoy how crass the English, English, English language is. Yeah. Cock. Cock sucker. Dick. Motherfucker. Ass. Yeah, titty. <laughs> <laughs> shit shit <laughs> yeah. yeah it's fun <laughs> yeah we have the like the words and then you can put as much emphasis or not as you want yeah because I feel like a lot of Japanese swearing relies they need context the, well it relies solely on the emphasis well emphasis and context I think a lot of it is like they really don't they really don't, even though they do it a lot. It's like you don't want to talk down to someone, especially talk down to someone who should be above you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like 
I notice a lot of words will be translated a lot differently depending on the context. Like sometimes, like a word will be like "you stupid idiot," mm-hmm. or sometimes it'll, if it's screamed, it'll be like "motherfucker." Yeah, like Baca is anywhere from dummy to fucking stupid ass. <laughs> yeah, Yaro. Yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> To, I guess to all the super weebs out there, anytime you're um, lamenting that you can't speak Japanese or like whatever, just swear. Just just say a bunch of curse words and like revel in it. Yeah. English ain't that bad. <laughs> uh, what else did I say about this? Oh man, you know what was I really appreciated was the colors in this too. Oh yeah, um, that's I feel like that's a Kawajiri hallmark. A lot of his animes have that look to it. Yeah, I mean a lot of anime, even like well animated, like good looking anime, like uh, I don't know why Tech on Concrete came into my head. I like that anime. I actually don't really remember the use of colors, but I feel like a lot of anime really suffers from just looking flat and sticking to a certain color palette. Mm-hmm. And they don't really... Like, this anime, the color is just so... It's warm, but it's also... It's a warm palette, but you get a huge range of colors. Like Yeah. It feels like every scene has a, a different mood. Yeah, it's like a natural color palette based on the setting... But they do that without having it get boring. But also because of that, certain things pop. Like, I feel like uh, Kagero stands out on screen due to her, like, I guess, what would you call it? That jacket, kimono, whatever the hell she's wearing has, like, a lot of color to it. So I guess maybe that's just me saying I like her design. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. This shit was good. Yeah. I liked it. It's 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 just a good film. Like I kind of like up until I rewatched this, I was uh, time to time wondering, okay, maybe this is just one of those things where it was just the time. Maybe it's uh, not as good as I remember. And then I'm looking, at it, it's like, no, this was just a legit good movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I guess piggybacking off of your recommendations, everything uh, you mentioned, uh, stuff we watched for this. Um, uh, I don't know if there's anything I can really add that I haven't mentioned in previous months um, we mentioned uh, Metal Gear Solid and No More Heroes and the okay defeat the enemy group but like this is maybe like the best of that in anime form yeah Um, I guess just other works of uh, Yoshiaki Kawajiri um, Wicked City is like a very grimier modern day version of this. <laughs> Wicked City's pretty skeezy. Um, if you want to tone down Wicked City, check out Demon City Shinjuku. That's one of my favorite of uh, Kawajiri's works. Um, I'd say like the biggest example of like the most of the good parts of Kawajiri with the smallest amount of bad is maybe Cyber City Oedo, which we're going to watch when we talk about Cyberpunk. Ooh, I love Cyberpunk. Yep. 
I want Cyberpunk so much. Yep. When are we going to do that? Uh, I'm not sure when exactly, but I think that month is going to, it's going to have Cyber City 080, Bubblegum Crisis, and I can't remember what else. But that month's going to be jam-packed. Yeah, we have a nice cyberpunk news story over on NAGP Returns. Tight. That's going to be good. Uh, Yeah. Uh, any uh, final thoughts before we uh, wrap up not only this episode, but the uh, Futara Yamada month? Well, I know in context it was bad, but those titties were great. <laughs> yeah, it's all the more reason why I was confused by like Jubei not getting it on with Kagero. It's like, dude, she's hot, and technically you're a poison man right now, so you could totally get down with the poison lady. And, like, maybe if you guys get together, you just gotta, like, poison up before you bone, and maybe at some point you become poison man, and then you guys can just get it on all the time. Yeah. This is Um... a... Yeah, as much as I appreciate them not doing it, I still would have liked to have seen this animation talent produce uh, that scene. Yeah, like a bonus feature. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, just something for the kids to spank to. And it was the best. And not feel grimy. Yeah, yeah, not, not creepy shit. Even though, you know, like... Let's be real, that wouldn't have stopped anybody. I don't know. I, I've never considered spanking it to any of It's as hot as Kagero is. No. I probably would have if I had seen this when I was like 13. Because no. I would... Man, <laughs> it didn't take much back then. <laughs> well, yeah, puberty. Honestly, it doesn't take that much now. Yeah. But like, what was that? I was listening to uh, it was a podcast on this site. It's no longer up. It was called Spill, and the topic of uh, puberty came up, and they were just talking about all the stuff that could have set them off. And one guy said, "Naked pictures of a woman, man, a locker slamming would give me an erection." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. I remember I uh Yeah, it was maybe not to that extreme, but it was it was bad. You remember like, this old hmm? uh Game Shark ads in EGM? Mm-hmm. With the girls with the big titties. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And they gave them names. I still remember their names. <laughs> and I don't wanna say them because they're so bad. Oh jeez. <laughs> they're made up names. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> Really stupid made-up names. Mm-hmm. Fucking terrible. So stupid. Go look up those Game Shark Hot Woman ads, and you'll. Yeah, yeah. But they're hot. Mm. They got the job done. Indeed. But uh, yeah, I think I definitely paused Akira on VHS. Oh dear. More than a couple times. That's that <laughs> Shit's fucked up. That scene is rough. <laughs> yeah, it is. That scene is terrible. <laughs> no. They beat the shit out of her face. God. Uh, oh. Hey. 
Yeah, the the struggle was real, man. It might have fit. This was pre-internet. Yeah, this is pre-internet. Pre-internet. Porn. You had to like track down a magazine or like uh, maybe when you got a little older, 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 maybe uh, (laughs) uh, someone in your family had that scrambler switch, (laughs) (laughs) or they just had Cinemax, or you just looked at the scramble. Yeah, sometimes you look at the scramble. Yeah. Beginning of American Pie was like that. See, we don't have all that shit yeah. now. It's easy now. You just you, you type it into the search engine. <laughs> Digital signals. Oh, you had to you had to hunt. Yeah. Adam Carolla used to say on Loveland that they would have to use a uh, charcoal drawing of a vagina on a piece of driftwood. <laughs> God damn. (laughs) I guess that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, Yeah, definitely check out Ninja Scroll. It's amazing. And if you don't like this show, then burn in your golden hell. Okay, we're out. We're done. I'm sorry if I didn't seem especially enthused at the beginning. I'm sleepy. Yeah, that's what I get for waiting until the last minute. Anyway, I have no idea what's coming up next, and I hope it doesn't suck. So, um, let's get with the plugs. Something you're listening to right now is Synthetic Highway. If you like it, check out its creator, Submorphine, at sandcloud.com slash submorphine. That should be hyphen M-O-R-P-H-I-N-E. Uh, if you like the promo theme, which is Anime Raku, check out uh, Squareon at facebook.com slash Squareon. And Squareon's uh, Flash Project, Project Stick Part 2, at facebook.com slash projectstick. Uh, the Twitter for this is at OldTakuConnect. The Twitter for Mike's show, Hyper90 Sidegeist Breakdown, is at Hyper90s. The Twitter for Joe's show, uh, NAGP Resurrection, is at NAGP Returns. You can subscribe to us on Android, iTunes, Google Play. We've our website's still down at the time of this recording, but we have the SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash radio, facebook.com slash radio, and the Twitter at radio. And of course there's the email for this podcast, the dedicated email for this podcast, connection at gmail.com. So yeah. That's uh, all I got right now, so uh, thanks for listening, and have a good night, people. Then could you call two chicks and a dude a horizontal F? A horizontal F? Yeah. Uh, like a I was... turned on his back. I was thinking more like a golden triangle. Tekken Blood Vengeance.